0: Hi and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening We hope you are encouraged by this week's message And we're, you know as you know we're moving into 2019 in a couple days actually tomorrow's uh, New Year's Eve which just came so fast right um, How many are looking forward to the new year And, and for some of saying it's uh, just another day. Uh, but, but I would even challenge you uh, to look at it at, as a fresh start, right? Sometimes we need a fresh start in areas of our lives and, you know, don't go crazy making resolutions, but I'm going to talk about some things that we do need to do, whether it's New Year's or not today, uh, something that I really feel like we need to, to really concentrate at, whether it's the New Year's or not, but I think this is a good time to, to kind of get a fresh outlook and kind of step back and say, where, where am I for real? Right? Where am I? And where am I headed? Because uh, a lot of times, as I look back at 2018, there's a lot of days I was all over the place and I wasn't really headed in the right direction, right? I was doing things and sometimes we get our, catch ourselves doing so many things, uh, even in ministry, just doing ministry, ministry, ministry. But are we really living out God's uh, vision for our lives? Because uh, we get so easily distracted. So um, I know that I want to experience a new success in 2019. I believe many of you want something new and fresh in 2019. Um, so how many would like to see success in 2019? Yeah. I'm talking about spiritual success, I'm talking about financial success, I'm talking about uh, just living a, a better life that serves more of a purpose. We, we talk about you know, discovering your purpose here all the time. And, and we'll talk about it again today because it's something that we need to keep listening to. But let me tell you that success isn't just a fluke or something that just happens. Uh, Success takes self-discipline. In other words, it just, success just doesn't happen to people. I mean, yeah, you could win the lottery and even then so many people who win the lottery end up being very unsuccessful, right? So, I don't know what the lottery is up today, I don't know, like 400 something million dollars. And that's that's so tempting but that is not God's really plan for success. You know, we can justify and say, man, but if I win, whoo, If I win, I promise I'll build the church. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. And uh, and those thoughts cross our minds because we're human, right? They cross our minds. But that's not God's plan. God's plan looks a little different. And and I want to really share that with you today because the success that you're looking for really derives or or, or is conceived out of self-discipline. And and there's some areas in in my life where I need to get a lot better with my own self-discipline. And and I believe that as, as you look at your own life, you can probably admit the same thing, if we're honest. And, and there's a, a golfer, his name is Gary Player, and a pretty successful golfer. And uh, he, he would hear people all the time would say, man, I, I would do anything to hit a golf ball the way you hit a golf ball. And he would just kind of take it in stride. And one morning, as, as he was bandaging his hand and, and he was at the golf course, it was like 7 o'clock in the morning. And uh, a, a gentleman had just arrived to hit some golf balls. And the guy says, man, I'd do anything if I could hit, hit a golf ball like you hit a golf ball, uh, Mr. Player. And, uh, and this time, Gary Player couldn't resist. And he says, you know, really? He said, you said you'd give anything? He says, I, I don't think you'd give anything. Because people think this is easy. He said, because I get up at 5 o'clock every morning, and I hit a 1,000 golf balls. I hit a 1,000 golf balls. And then I head back. I head back to the clubhouse, and on the way back to the clubhouse, I'm wrapping up my hand from the blood of my hand from hitting so many golf balls. But I wrap up my hand in bandages, and then I go back, and as soon as my hand is wrapped, I go back and I hit another thousand golf balls. And then I do the same thing in the afternoon. So I hit about 4,000 golf balls a day. Are you really willing to do what it takes to hit a golf ball the way I hit a golf ball? And I would say that's self-discipline. And I'm not saying we're all supposed to go out and buy golf clubs, no. But what I am saying is there's an area of influence that God has specifically given to you that you're supposed to go out and hit a thousand golf balls, right? What is that thing? We need to discover that. And in 2019, I want to discover that because the more I'm walking in this journey, I'm noticing two things. One is I'm not getting any younger, right? I'm getting a little, every day, every day is, is just a... And that's one thing. That's your, your, your biggest asset is time, right? It's the biggest asset. It's more, more important than your money. It's more important than anything else. Is your time and what do we do with our time. It's the greatest resource God has given us. And, and I'm realizing that every day is uh, one day less in my journey. And I'm realizing that if, I better start doing something more. I better get a little more self-discipline so that I can actually live out the influence that God has given me. You may not understand it, but you have an area, a sphere of influence that God has given you responsibility for. But there's so many distractions, so many things that come across in our lives and so many things that happen that keep us distracted from that sphere of influence that you are actually responsible. One day you'll stand before God and say, what did you do with the sphere of influence? You'd be like, well, what are you you talking about? I'm telling you now that you have a responsibility in God's kingdom and an influence that God wants to lift you up. In a certain place, right, to expand and to impact his kingdom. 1 Corinthians 9 25 through 20, 25 and 26, actually. We won't get into 27 today. And the Word of God says this Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air and a lot of times and God bless his word and we'll go back to the scripture here during the message but you know a good boxer is gonna you know when you watch a boxing match you know at the end you'll see all the stats. see how many punches were thrown, how many punches were landed right? So you might have thrown 500 punches but that doesn't really matter. it matters how many of your punches landed. Right? And there's times when we're fighting this fight, this journey of Christianity, of following Jesus, and we're just we're, we're throwing a lot of punches, but not a lot of them are landing. And a lot of them are not landing because we are not,
1: we are running around aimlessly.
0: Can we go back to verse 26? Can you just leave that up? We're running around aimlessly, right? Not focused. Uh, our, our vision is not clear, so we're not hitting the mark. And it's because of, I think one of the major things, if not the it, it is because we're not self-disciplined. So self-discipline all around our world, man. Our, our, the devil, the enemy, wants you not to be disciplined. He wants you to just be like, oh, what am I gonna do today? He wants you to say, Well, I'ma just eat whatever I want, I'ma just do whatever I want, I'ma go whatever I want, I'm gonna do whatever feels good. That is lack of self-discipline. So what is it? If if you define a self-discipline, it can be defined as this, living out self-imposed, so things that I put on myself, self-standards that you place on yourself for the sake of reaching a higher level. And we want a higher level. I want a higher level. I believe deep down in your heart, whether you can verbalize it or admit it, you want a higher level. You don't want to stay in the same place. We want to get to the next level, which happens to be our theme uh, for for 2019 is that next level. and, uh, and in that verse, verse twenty-five, it says strict training. That strict training, what, what it's saying is saying self-discipline. Self-discipline, and, and so self-discipline it requires self-control. Self-control, which is one of the fruits of the spirit, right? And so I don't want to like elbow the next person next to you because I know if I was sitting by my wife, she might elbow me and say, you need to be more self-disciplined, right? It's not about elbowing the person and say, I told you so, it's about elbowing the person and say I'm gonna encourage you, right? I'm gonna encourage you because to be self-disciplined, man, it's so good when someone's encouraging you, right? Right. See, because when someone is self-disciplined, you're attracted to that self-discipline in the person. You're attracted to someone who's, someone who's self-disciplined and you start to notice the person, You're like, wow, that person's disciplined. Maybe you don't verbalize it, but you can see it, you can feel it, and you experience it through the person. We're attracted to people who are self-disciplined. We begin to trust people who are self-disciplined, right? Because they're doing something perhaps that is so difficult for us to do. And so I really want to stress on this today because in 2019, I want to become more self-disciplined, right? How many want to be more self-disciplined in 2019? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's people who get up, and they go to the gym, 5 o'clock in the morning. They're at the gym, 5 o'clock in the morning. That take self-discipline, because that pillow feels real good around 4.50 in the morning, right? When the alarm goes off, I say, ooh, not today. And then the next day comes, ooh, not today either. And the next day, not today either. And that's lack of self-discipline. I know that, and, and don't hold me to this, Brother Bo, but I want to be a little skinnier, but I 2010, right? I don't want to have to go buy a bigger size of clothes, right? It takes self-discipline. It takes self-discipline. And and it takes us not running around aimlessly. Uh, You know, that's what Paul is really telling the people there. It's like, man, this takes training. This takes self-discipline. He's trying to tell us that self-discipline is a powerful thing. And and you need self-discipline in order to live out your vision. The vision that God has placed over you. A person who is not, a person who does not have clear vision is scattered. They're all over the place. A person who does not have clear vision lives a life that is always full of stress. You know why? Because they don't know where they're going. So if you're around people who are always stressed, and and we've all been there, don't Don't lie. We've all been but if you're always there, it's because you don't have a clear vision of where you're going. You're exactly where the enemy wants you to be, all over the place. A person with clear vision, a person who's starting to walk in, in self-discipline and their, their, their vision is becoming clearer, their life becomes very narrow because they're living according to the vision God placed upon them. All right? Listen to this. the this who doesn't have that vision, they're all over the place and they're, they're, they're walking the wide the wide road. It's not narrow. This is the difference. A person who's living out the vision and is becoming clear, their life becomes more simple. Clear vision will simplify your life. I want a simpler life in 2019. I want a clearer vision in 2019. And when you begin to discover God's vision for your life, and you begin to embrace his vision, your life becomes more focused. See, see God's vision upon your life as you discover it, because we're still discovering most of us. Some of y'all may know, this is, what God, this is where I'm headed and I know, but most of us are still trying to, where, where does God want me? As we start to submitting to God and say, God, I want your vision and your will over my life, all of a sudden your vision begins to control your choices, right? The vision is going to affect your choices. In other words, you're going you're gonna to begin to discern which road you're supposed to take. you you got to begin to see it because the vision will give birth. And I, and I think I put this on there. I think the slide is on there. It says, discovering God's vision for your life provides you with the address to your destiny. Soak on that just a little while because I want to know my destiny. I want to live out my destiny. I'm not getting any younger. I want to live out my destiny. I've had some people speak words over and prophesy. Some of y'all were here when they prophesied and say, you know, this church is going to, you know, impact the city of Philadelphia. Well, I'll tell you what, it will never do that unless I start living more self-disciplined. The the powerful word that God placed on my life and the life of this church will not happen until we become more self-disciplined. Discipline. We can keep praying for it and waiting for it. But in the meantime, if we're not doing anything and becoming more self-disciplined, it's not going to come to pass. So if you're just waiting for that word that someone p- proclaimed over your life, that's not enough. It's not enough just waiting for the miracle. God can give you a miracle because he's God. But in the meantime, there's something that you can do about it, right? You can start living more self-disciplined, right? You keep praying for your miracle, but perhaps that miracle is going to come through your self-discipline. It's true. It's true, man. We get lazy. We get comfortable. I, I, I know I, I get comfortable so many times. When God said he's going to do it, that means he's going to do it. Right? God can do whatever he wants. He's God. But I have a certain amount of responsibility. Because God has given me what the breath of life, right? He's given me health. He's given me strength. He's given me wisdom to go out and do my part. I don't know about you, but I want to know what the address of my destiny is. I I need that. I need a fresh vision in 2019. I want to know where I'm headed. I want to know what I'm supposed to accomplish. And you you say, well, well, Pastor, how how do I discover that vision? Where where do I start? And that's a a great question. One of the things we need to do is we need to be better managers. We need to manage things better. It's biblical. Genesis 2.15. Genesis 2.15. I'm not sure if I have it up there, but it says, The Lord took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. I'm going to read it again. The Lord took the man, Adam, put him in the garden so he would work it and take care of it. In other words, he put him there so he would manage it. So he would manage it. So, so we've been called to manage. You have been called to manage your life, your family, your marriage, your finances, your vision. How many want to embrace that right now? I'll say it again. You've been called to manage your life, your family, your marriage, your finances, and your vision. That's part of why you exist. That's why God placed life into so you, would be, so we would be managers. You know, here's the, here's the thing that happens to us all. I want a better house. I've been praying for another better house. I, I prayed for a house. Many of you have been praying for a house or have prayed for a house, and God's provided some of you wait, may be waiting for the house. I'll tell you this in the meantime, are you managing the house that God has given you? Amen. Are you managing what God has given you? say, so Well, I'm just renting. You still need to manage it right. as if it were yours. Yeah. Right? You want something better, but your place is a mess, right? You want a better car, but you haven't changed the oil in your in the hoofie, right? For, for a year. We need to start mass and cherish what God has given me. God, I need something better. Well, are you taking care of what God placed in your hand? Are, are we being good managers? I want a better house, but my current house is a mess, right? I want New sneakers. I got new sneakers. Thank you. My sons bought me sneakers. They said, Dad, you got to dress better. I want new sneakers, but my sneakers are nasty. I wash them. Take care of them. It's those little things that God is looking for. I want a better job, but are you cherishing the job God gave you? Or just complaining about it? God, I deserve a better job. I've been here too long, but are you doing what God called you to do today with excellence? I'm going to be the best dishwasher Frenny's has ever seen. right? I'm going to be the best cook that KFC has ever had. That's that's how you start to manage what God has given you. And all of a sudden, in the spiritual realm, something clicks and in the physical it happens. But we have to become better managers. See, see, God created some of you to, to run your own business. I believe that in this place, but you're not going to see it until you start to manage well in the place that you're at. God begins to open the doors. He starts to move mountains. We just talked about a guy who moves mountains. I, I need some mountains to move in 2019. <laughs> manage what he's placed in your hands. What did he tell Moses? Moses said, you're going to go. You're going to go. You're going to go and you're going to free my people in Egypt. Moses said, but me, what, what, how am I going to do this? He said, what's in your hand? I just got a staff to, to move some sheep around. God said, I'll use that. And, and it's the question to say, what is in your hand? What has God placed you? See, see, God used a little staff and a man who said, I'll go. Right? And I'll manage however you want me to manage. God is going to help you manage as you take the step of faith. As you say, I'm going to be more self-disciplined, right? He gives us the wisdom, right? I, I'm, You know, maybe, maybe it's I'm, I'm going to read the Bible, half the Bible, I'm going to read the Old Testament or the New Testament in 2019. That's going to take some self-discipline, right? It takes self-discipline. Glory to Jesus. God calls us to manage some stuff. Treat some things as they were yours, even if they're not. Work that job like if it was your business. God will honor it. It's not about honoring or, or uh, yes, we honor our bosses, in them, but it's not about glorifying them. It's about glorifying God when we do those things. Amen. Glory to Jesus. How many are with me? Amen. Lord, help us to be more self-disciplined. Genesis chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. It says this, it says, this is the account of the heavens and the earth. When they were created, and you might have it on the slides, maybe, or not. I'll just go to it. Genesis 2, 4 and 5, it says, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. In other words, God did not. No plant or shrub was growing because there was no one to manage it yet. Right? I would say that again. There was no plants or shrubs had had come or sprung up until because God, there was no one to manage it. So, so sometimes we're waiting for our blessing, but we're not ready to manage it. Right? So, so God's not just going to bring your blessing if you're not ready to manage it. See, God did not send the rain on the earth because there was still no one to work the ground. See, God is looking for some people, and I believe some are in this house today, who are willing to work the land so he can send a blessing. God is telling us today, the secret, be self-disciplined. Don't be lazy. Don't watch so much TV. Don't waste so much time on social media, right? We're about to go there. (laughs) It's one of the reasons that we stay stuck. You you, you say, well, remember, it's been five years, I'm still in the same place. It's been 10 years, I'm still in the same place. It's because you're doing the same thing that you did five years ago and 10 years ago. And I'm talking for myself. I've I've been evaluating myself over the last few weeks. I'm saying, man, am I really living out God's vision? Am I getting too comfortable where I'm at? And those are the questions we have to, I don't want to get stuck. My future depends on my ability to manage what God has placed in my hand. And that takes self-discipline. See, we're not here just for a worship service today. Maybe you came for that and that's great, but it's greater than that. You're here to understand that God created you to manage what God has placed already in your hand. See, God won't let something grow until he finds someone to manage it. And God will stop growth if we're not managing something correctly. God won't allow something to grow when there's bad management. Right? Sometimes you go to a store and it says under new management. Right? That means that they probably had some bad management before. Right? And they're trying to start fresh. And sometimes God looks at us and says, ooh, that's under bad management. Maybe they need to hear a message and a fresh start. And now we're under new management. Now the Holy Spirit is leading this house. Now the Holy Spirit is my manager. Because the way I've been managing has not been working out quite the way I want it to work out. That takes and requires discipline. It takes hard work. It takes the ability to, to, uh, to submit to God. I got a couple verses. I know my time is going quick, but here we go. What is management? And this is the definition. Management is the effective, and that should be up there, the effective, efficient, correct, and timely use of another person's resources, important, another person's resources and property for the purpose for which they were delegated with a view to producing the expected added value back to the person. So a manager, he's not dealing with his own resources. He's dealing with somebody else's resources, right? He's been entrusted with someone else's uh, resources. And you're a manager, I'm a manager. That means that God has entrusted you with some of his resources. See, sometimes we think they belong to us. They don't. It all belongs to him. A hundred percent of what you have truly belongs to God. How many say amen to that? We need to understand it. Don't belong, We think it belongs to you. I was talking to somebody the other day, a pastor, and I said, man, sometimes I got to remind myself, especially when things are not going so well in the church, I got to remind myself, it's not my church. It's your church. Look what's going on in your church. I tell God, I, I want to give it away, but I have to remind you, it's not, it'll never be my church. I love this church, and I am get to be a part of it, but one day I die and this church will continue to go in the name of Jesus, right? Yeah. It's never mine. I had a friend tell me who, who's a businessman. He said, Mark, you're investing so much in that church. It'll never be yours. I said, exactly right. It'll never be mine. It was never intended to be mine. It belongs to God. It belongs to God. It, it's the kingdom. It's not mine. I'm just part of the kingdom, right? I'm here to manage it for a little while. And I need to be more self-disciplined so I can manage it even better. But but let's look at that. Management, effective, efficient, correct, timely use of another person's resources. So it means in management that you don't own the property and you don't own the resources, you just manage it. Everything, again, belongs to God. Everything on earth belongs to God. You are called to manage it here on earth, to add value according to that, to add value and return it back to the owner. The right? Bible talks about uh, he gave some talents to submit, to and one went and buried it. Right? He buried the talent because he didn't want to lose it. The other two went and multiplied it. Well, God has placed some things in your, hand, in your hands that we're called to multiply, to add value to it. And for too long, many of us have, have taken that very thing and buried it in the ground because we're afraid. Right? Because we feel less than. Because we're still carrying so much shame and guilt. When Jesus says, I'm a God of freedom, my truth will set you free. My truth, if you will receive it and embrace it, will take you to that next level that we're talking about here today. Don't bury what God has placed in your hand. Don't hide it and don't minimize it. Embrace it. Say, this is where I am, God. God, this is where you have me. but this is not where I will stay. I will become self-disciplined. I will do and listen to your voice, and I will get to the next level. I will appreciate my houthi. I will appreciate that one-bedroom apartment. I will clean it every day. I will vacuum it. Oh, like if it was a mansion, I'll drive that thing. It's a 19, hallelujah, glory to Jesus, like a payroll car. Not be the BMW today, but one day, it's going to be. Right? And I'm not just talking about things. I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about your spiritual life here. What we need to manage is. See, because God will never give you what you pray for. He gives you only what you're willing to manage. Sometimes we're praying for an extra thousand dollars. I prayed a thousand dollars, God. But God just gave me a hundred last week and I mismanaged it. Right? But he I'm asking God for a thousand. But I mismanaged the, the hundred he gave me. How, how God going to trust me with a thousand if I can't handle a hundred? I didn't even tithe on it, right? I didn't tithe on it. This is a hundred. I'm not giving ten dollars. Not only did we not tithe, we didn't teach our kids to tithe. Right? So our kids are losing out on the blessing. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit here before we close about, about the financial part because in 2019, I have a I have a responsibility to you. First and foremost to God, but to you. Because in 2019, I don't want to see you in the same financial predicament that you were in 2018. Amen. And I know many of you don't want to be there. But we're called to manage our finances, right? And most people that were around will struggle their entire life. They will go to the grave waiting for somebody to pay for their funeral, right? Because they didn't manage what God gave them. Let, let's be real. It's our culture, right? We need a collection because so-and-so died. They ain't had no money, right? I'm saying that's the way it is. That's not the way it should be. That's not the way it needs to be, right? So so God gave you wisdom. He's given you resources. And so God does not, he never intended you for you to struggle your entire life financially. But it will happen if you don't manage your finances according to God's principles. I'll take it a little deeper. We just said he owns it all. So God God, God owns all the money anyway, right? He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need my money. Because he owns it all. Yet he asks for 10% of everything. Not just your money, but if you got 10 shoes, one belongs to the Lord. If you got ten dresses at home, one belongs to the Lord. You got 24 hours in a day; 22 hours and 40 minutes belong to the Lord. That's your time. See, see, because money is not our struggle. Managing our money is our struggle. It's a managing problem. See, see, tithing is not about uh, uh, tithing and offering. It's all about management. It's about consistently setting aside 10% for the purpose of God's kingdom. The whole 100% belongs to God. The whole 100% belongs to God. God gives you a paycheck, but he says, give me 10%. You keep the 90%, right? It's not about the money or the amount that God is worried about. It's about your ability to set it aside and manage it. You see, God is not after your money. He's after your self-discipline. He could care less about the money. He's the owner of a thousand hills and all the cattle on it. He owns it all. But he's after your self-discipline. And we have to give God what belongs to him. And we can't if we're not self-disciplined. See, if you're able to give the 10% that he asked for, and you keep the 90, those 90% start working in your favor. That's the way this works. I know that's the way this works. We were in poor. We made a lot of money. We was broke, right? We start to give to the Lord. Here's your 10%. We will begin to be consistent. All of a sudden, the 90% start working in my favor. All of a sudden, the 90%, right? Because if you can't manage and give him that 10%, then that 90% is never working for you, and you stay at 0% anyway, right? And that's a biblical principle. So if you can't manage that 10% he's asking for, you'll lose out on your 90%. You stay broke, right? And I've been there in church, and I've heard this so many times. Pastor, you don't understand. I, I can't tithe because I'm broke. I can't tithe because things are too rough. You want me to bring, your, bring my bills? Pass out of people. I I, I, I'm like, no, I don't want to see your bills. It's okay. i see bills. i got my own bills to watch. I, I want to see yours too. But that's not the issue. The issue is you have not been a good manager of what God's given you. Sometimes 2019, maybe we need to sit. I told my wife this, too, so we're going to sit. We're going to do a budget, right? And then some things may have to be cut. I'll go to an allowance, right? We might have to go from full coverage to liability, but if I, I'm a trust God, right? There may be some changes that I have to make. I may may not be able to buy that new iPhone, right? Because I got to give God what belongs to God, and all of a sudden that 90 percent that I'm left with is going to start being a blessing to my life, because God is looking for managers who are self-disciplined. Tithing does this. It makes you more accountable. And there's a slide for this. It makes you more disciplined. It makes you a harder worker. It keeps you faithful before God. And you become more trustworthy. These are all the same characteristics of a good manager. So tithing does. Giving to the Lord. Giving to God. Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And to God belongs to God. We're going to end with this scripture. Colossians 3.23. It says this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. I feel the Holy Spirit of It may seem insignificant, right? But it's significant to God. It may be that nobody sees you, but God sees you. And God is faithful. And he looks at the motives of your heart. He's not care- He doesn't care if you're trying to impress the world, you'll never impress him with that. It's about doing the little things well. It's about being faithful, being good managers of that very thing God has given you that perhaps you feel is insignificant. You're looking for that bigger thing. And that bigger thing will come if we cherish the smaller things that he's placed in our hands. Church, can we stand? I just want to challenge you as as we enter the new year 2019 that we would just examine our hearts and say, where am I? Where am I headed? And and begin to have that conversation with God and say, God, I don't want to be in the same place as I entered into 2020 that I was as I entered into 2019. I want to be a better manager of what you've given me. I need self-discipline and I need clarity of that vision. I want to discover the vision that you have for my life. And maybe you've never heard that, but I'm here to tell you that God has placed a vision upon your life before you were born. It's greater than you deserve, but it's within your grasp if you believe, if you trust in an all-powerful God and his name is Jesus. He is faithful, he is good, he is able, and his grace is sufficient. He's enough, church. He's more than enough, church. So we just close our eyes just for a moment as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. That it will be more than an inspiration, God, but that it will become a lifestyle, Lord. That we would just not leave you inspired, Lord, but that we, we would, Lord, receive this word, Lord, and make it part of who we are, God. Disciplined, Lord. Good managers of what you've placed in us, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, Lord, your favor. I pray, Lord, for new strength in this place, Lord. I pray, God, for new beginnings in this place. I pray for fresh vision in this house of every person and every family represented in this place, God. That 2019 would not look the same, God. But that we, we would give you more room in every way, Lord. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And with every eye closed, if, if if you know God's talking to you, I'm going to make two callings. The first is, if, if you don't have, never received Jesus in your heart as, as your Savior, as your Master, you have that opportunity today. We would love to pray with you. I'll count to three. If you want to receive Jesus in your heart, you raise your hand. If we could just close our eyes just for another minute. One, two, three. Just raise your hand. If you want Jesus in your heart. I see some hands up. Church, can we raise our hands with them? And can we say this prayer with them? I I want you to repeat with with me, after me. If you rose your hand. Heavenly Father, Jesus, I need you in my heart, my life, my world. Change my way of thinking. Forgive me. Help me. I want to live for you. Help me to discover my vision. Show me. I give you my heart, my mind, my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.